Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So. In case you ain't no so, and welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So So. Coming to you live, y'all. We got the Heat losing a triple overtime thriller, but they stay number one in the East. The Panthers win their overtime thriller, and they're number one in the East. And the Super Bowl matchup is set: AFC versus NFC champion. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. Lucky number seven. Why, why is that lucky? Uh, you know how it goes. Because <laughs> <laughs> it took us about seven times hey, to get that man. intro right. The hardest part is getting started, Doc. And, but once we get all, started. All we know is we have the, the AFC versus the NFC in the Super Bowl. Yes, who knows sir. what teams are in there? I mean, we know who's in it. <laughs> we know who's in it. Uh, we'll, we'll save that for later. Absolutely, man. What's how was your weekend, Doc? Um, it was good, bro. It was good. Uh Went out to the game, you know, right. which we're going to get into in just a moment, uh, to the Panthers game, um, and then watch some great conference football, man. The, the AFC, NFC championship happened this weekend, um, and there was some great football on. Uh, and there was also good basketball, even though it wasn't the result that, you know, we wanted. There was also good basketball. So, a great weekend all around, dude. What about yours? It was awesome, bro. I, I actually got to stay and watch a little bit of the games. I saw that the Panthers game um, – those football games were amazing. And even the Heat, you know, the Heat are definitely giving a, a run for their money as far as entertainment value goes, right? Because they're not only playing really well and winning games, but the type of brand of basketball that they're playing is really exciting and really fun to watch, man. And I got to witness all of that, bro. And, you know, for the Heat, um, we started off the last week's episode with them being in the first place in the East and wondering, you know, how they're going to carry that momentum with that having that target on their back. Um, and uh, ultimately, they've responded really well. They've gone 7-3 and three in their last 10 games, 3-1 um, and one recently on this homestand, right? Beat the Knicks. Uh, you beat... Uh, the Clippers, another good team, right? Which we hadn't beaten in eight games overall, right? Last eight matchups we had back to 2018. And then you lose a triple overtime game where your best player played the best and everybody else did not play well, right? So when you have that type of atmosphere in your squad, you know that night in, night out, you're always going to get a good type of production, right? From whoever's available, in order to keep winning. And that's what the Heat have done, man. They just can find ways to win. They're 32-18 and 18 on the season. Like I said, they're number one in the East. Um, looking like a team that is not only going to be playoff bound, right, but a real chance to reach the finals and that Eastern Conference championship. You know what I mean? And I didn't think that we would get there that fast at this point in the season, but it's exciting. And we haven't even had all of our pieces together for a long time, and we're still missing a guy like Victor Oladipo. It's, it's crazy, man, and it's it's all a credit to Spo, bro. Like, we talked about it. If Spo doesn't get, Spo, like, coach of the year this year, like, that that award should not exist, dog. Yeah. No, not even so much, like, with, uh, with Oladipo, which we see him on the sidelines, and we're excited to see him come in, you know, in a heat uniform and see what kind of impact he has, if, you know, if any. Um, but more so guys like Cal Lowry, you know, who's been out multiple games for personal reasons and right. Spo still making that work, uh, you know, finding the right, 
the right five to have on the floor at any given time, you know what I mean, depending on what he's getting out there. And and uh, we're closing out games, man. We talked about it last week when we had Jesse on the show. Shout out to Jess. Um, it, 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 we, we're closing out now where, you know, a year ago we were in games and then we couldn't we – were, we just weren't a second-half team. We weren't closing out. And now we're putting that pressure, right? We're, we're closing the gap where we're finishing these guys. And we actually were challenged, like you just said, in that triple OT this past Saturday. Yep. Um, and what a game, man. I mean, it, it was on a back-to-back. So we're coming off Which a is never easy. Never easy. And we, we went – I mean, it was – it, it was a great game. It was very competitive. It almost looked like a playoff game, in my opinion. No, for sure. It had that playoff atmosphere, man. And even the, the three games that we played at home, right, the Knicks game, the Clippers game, and the the loss to Toronto, they all had that playoff atmosphere vibes, right? Like, that first game against the Knicks, we ended up beating the crap out of them, right? We were up 30 at one point in the, th- in the third, but... Like you said, we're we're learning how to finish. We look like the like the Toon Squad or the Goon Squad or whatever against the sorry <laughs> the ass Knicks dog. We balled out again. Like everything was dropping. Like Duncan had a great game. Uh, Hero was balling, balling out of control that game. Look, you had four uh, guys score twenty points or more. You had uh, Duncan with twenty five, seven of eleven from three, which is beautiful to see him yep, produce like that. That's right? what we need from him. Hero game dropped in, in absolutely. Hero dropped in twenty one points. Bam with twenty two. Um, excuse me. Uh, Butler with twenty two. PJ Tucker had twenty points. He continues to be on fire from the corner three. Yep. It's like he doesn't miss from that spot. Uh, and teams haven't figured it out. <laughs> Amazingly. But that game in itself was an offensive explosion. But you also had the defense on hand, right, to shut down Randall, a guy who was averaging 20 points for the Knicks, um, and just hold him to 11 points. You shut down a guy like R.J. Barrett, uh, Cam Reddish, who they picked up in the trade. A, a lot of young offensive talent. Maybe they don't put it together too well, but have, guys yeah. who can score, right? They do have a lot of – they have a great team, but they don't have a good team. Correct. They don't you have that I mean? core yet. Yeah. They, so. they still fi- figuring out how to play together. And the Heat kept those guys at bay, you know, kept it up, like, comfortably into the fourth quarter. Again, they were up 30 in the mm-hmm. in the third. And we saw that even in the Clippers, right? Because at some point we were up 22, 23 points on the Clippers in the third quarter as well, where you see the offensive onslaught just happening, right? Um, Gabe Vincent hit six threes in the, in the third quarter. like, And this is a guy who's been starting gaming um, – since Lowry went out, right, with those personal issues. Yeah, he's getting all those minutes. He stepped up, not only getting the minutes, but he stepped up to say, not only am I going to take advantage of this, I'm going to ball and really play confidently because he's not putting up six threes if he wasn't unconfident, inconfident right. enough in his game to be like, I got to be assertive enough to make up for Kyle Lowry, right, and and produce like he does. And since he's done that – um, all we've seen is great performances from Gabe Vincent. We had it on our Twitter poll the other day. Like, for him to be on that list with a title. By the way, hero, I got a beef with you on that poll. What's, the, what's the beef, dog? I mean, I, I can understand the sentiment of, you know, the unlikely heroes, but Tyler Hero is the most likely of the heroes, bro. He's no. been balling for us. He should not have been on that list. He's on. He, that, was he the one that won the, 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 the poll? Correct. He's, I mean, that's a likely hero. He, and a He's set, not an unlikely uh, uh, hero. And not by a lot. But I, I, the reason why he was on that poll is because we didn't expect that from him. So, not, yeah, it's easy to say now. Who, oh, yeah, Who's we and, and when was this expectation There was set? a lot of people last year who thought that, not saying us, there was a lot of people out there, right, wondering if Tyler had hit that wall. 
right? Where he wasn't going to be able to produce like he had produced in the bubble mm-hmm. and all that stuff, right? So that, that was the skepticism of him. And we saw him have a bad year, right, with all the personal issues he was dealing with and the whirlwind in his life changing. Um, so it wasn't, like, clear cut for sure this guy's going to score 20 points. What you and I talked about when it came to Tyler Hero was it was more of, like, is he going to be able to do the 20 points a night for the whole season, Right. Yeah, you're going to go out there and you're going to have those offensive bursts where you're dropping 30 points, 32 points, and you're, you know, shooting crazy from three and you have 10 field goals inside the arc. Yeah, you'll have those games. But are you going to have that consistency? And everybody can look right now and say, yeah, we knew Tyler Hero was going to do that because of how we picked him, his pedigree in Kentucky and all that. But in the NBA, it's a different story. And we didn't know how consistent it was going to be. So, yeah, dude, it's like he's not an unlikely hero in that sense, but he's definitely one of the underdogs that had came up and say, yeah, this is who I am, and I'm a baller. Nah, nah, nah. I, I think he proved himself already his first year, his rookie year. I think he had a sophomore slump last year. And I think this year in his third year, he's ramped up everything you know his work ethic his production we had questions about his work ethic last year yeah and i don't that that hasn't come up once but can i tell you something right now so that's more of him being a star more more than him just being a a real good basketball player because there's a lot of guys who don't make it past that sophomore slump yeah no right like more than 50 percent of the guys don't but that's my point like we we've been on the bounce back already and we've been with him on that so and not only talking about the unlikely heroes night in night out that we had this is a guy who was averaging under 15 points a game a Dwayne Dedman listen to me those guys would have been the guys for the poll listen to me hero off that this dude was averaging less than 15 points a game for us even at his height of his amazing rookie season right right okay now he's, he's transcended. A okay, so you went from being a really good young prospect. So you're to just a adding to my superstar. point, though. Nah, man. Because why I, is he on that unlikely hero list? Because dog, that's unlikely for somebody to make that jump. Nobody you you would have put a thousand bucks on Tyler Hero scoring twenty points per game in his third year at the beginning of the season. No, no, no. When he was a rookie, that's not what I'm talking about. Ah, though, man. You what about it last? You didn't year? come up. What with, about last? You didn't year? come up with the poll three the years on. ago. Is my but what, point. But what about You're last? Coming year? up with it today with knowing everything that we know is my point. Anyways, we're we're getting away from everything here. We could talk more about this later on. He that's deserves why to I be wanted on to call you out. On, Too bad on, on he deserves to be on so that, that list. Talk right. about it, but I mean, I guess uh, to me, he's he's. Who's going to be the likely hero tonight? Bam. Is it Hero? Is it Jimmy? Like, that's a whole different list than unlikely hero. He doesn't belong on there. But anyways, I digress. The, the leader of this team is not Hero. The no, number one guy on this team is it's not Jimmy Hero. Jimmy Butler. The number two guy is not Hero. Right? Yeah, I okay, get that. Okay, so we know how far in the pecking order he is. So it's not too crazy for him to be on that list. It is, it is, it is. Let's let's put that up for poll. Was Soso's poll whack? I'm going to put that up. Write it down. Should Tyler Hero have been on that poll? Write it down. Last week. Let's do it. I I got you. I don't need, bro, I'm not an old man. I got digital stuff. Let's talk about the Clippers win um, since we went on the tangent. And like we talked about. They Why were do you want to spend 23. so much time on the Clippers, though, bro? Nah, They're just, like 11th in the West right now. They're under 500. Those guys have a good, two good team, but again, but they're a bad team. For two reasons, dog. Number one, it's what you what you talked about earlier. We figured out how to close games as a team, and we struggled with that a lot during the season, right, where we were up 12, 15 points, and then we find ourselves in a battle to try to win a game on the road by one or two points. Now we're finding ourselves kicking teams' ass when we're supposed to. 
And even that game, we had Butler with 26 points, Bam with 20 and 12. Uh, P.J. Tucker continuing his great run of play with 18 points. Um, that was the game that really showed me, okay, we're ready for for a higher level of basketball. And we saw that higher level of basketball in the Toronto game, right? Albeit a loss, but we saw the team really gel Triple together. OT, we cannot stress this enough. And only Three one. Three overtimes. I don't yeah. know how many basketball games you watch, <laughs> professional ones. Not a lot. That go into overtime, let alone triple overtime. No, triple overtime. overtime, I've rarely seen games like that. That's, that's rare in the NBA in itself. But even in that game, we only had one guy ball out. Jimmy. Jimmy had the triple-double, right? He had 37, 14, and 11 assists. Um, came down from 16 points in the third. So, again, showing that heart of a champion, showing that that toughness, that resiliency to say, we're not going to go down without a fight, and you're not going to beat us at home that easily. You know what I'm saying? Took those guys all the way into triple overtime, and Hero missing a pretty much wide-open three, you know? I wasn't 100% happy with the play calling and getting nah, it to Hero, yeah. right? But... It is what it is. A lot questionable, not a little questionable. Because, again, he was off that night. You know, Tyler has struggled that whole game. And especially in that second half, he struggled. Really bad. Really bad. He just could not buy a bucket. At all. You know what I'm saying? And he had so many good looks. And it was the same shots that he was making in uh, in Wednesday's game against against, uh, the Knicks. That he was pulling up and just draining it from anywhere. Right. It was the same exact looks. They just were not dropping that night. And we, we barely lost that night, dude. Barely. Barely lost. And again, we got a really off, off good a game. Back to back, off know? a back-to-back. Off a back-to-back, right? Friday and Saturday. And really through a performance with us missing our main, one of our main offensive guys when it comes to setting up the offense. Because if you look at our rankings, we're not that high when it comes to pace of play and stuff like that. I think we're like 28th or 29th when it comes to that aspect. But if you look at our possession uh, uh, points per possession our, our our rank is really up there for a team like we are we're really ranked high i think we're seventh in offense and like 14th in total defense it's pretty sick how evenly matched this team is and that's part of the reason why we're in that number one spot and why teams like toronto really have to struggle and have the game if it wasn't for van fleet they lose that game because he hit some big shots for those boys. Federico. <laughs> he that guy, bro. Yeah, bro. He he's has our, smooth he's like, hair. He's smooth one of hair. our Achilles. He has smooth hair. But he hit big shots. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He was able to match some of the shots that Jimmy was hitting and some of the shots that the other guys were hitting. Yeah. Yep. But whatever. We're 19-6 and six at home, right? Um, that's a really good home record. That's what you want. You, you really want to be dominant at home, and the Heat have had that. And... For us, especially with what's coming next, we're also really good when it comes to road games because now we're going to be on a six-game road trip. We play the Boston Celtics tonight, which was Monday evening, right, when we're recording. And then we got the back-to-back matchup where we go back to Toronto and play them. And then we fly out to San Antonio on Thursday, play Charlotte on Saturday, play Washington on Monday. By the time we record again, and then New Orleans on that Thursday. Mm. Six-game road trip. Now, the good thing is, like you said, a lot of those teams are struggling Right now, Boston, ninth in the East. Uh, Toronto is eighth. San Antonio, 11th. So don't even worry about those guys. Charlotte is seventh right now. Washington holding on to 11th like a, like, I don't know. I'm more interested in, so that Charlotte game you just kind of breezed over. Yeah. I'm more interested in that than, than you, than you had me pegged for on uh, the Lakers game. Like, I'm more interested to see that matchup against Charlotte than I am to see a, a whack ass LA Because of Lamelo. 
No, man. That's a good team, man. That's yeah, a good right. young team, man. All right. They're seventh in the East right now. They're ahead of Boston, and, and they're ahead of New York and a couple other guys that we thought were going to be up there. But those are bad teams and, that we're looking at. <clears throat> Dude, they've won some nitty-gritty games that have come down to the wire. And, yes, LaMelo Ball, man, that kid's interesting. I'm, I'm really curious to see how, like, what this kid is able to do in the NBA. I'll agree with you. He's a very exciting player, right? Yeah, very entertaining. And, 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 and yeah. Bridges. Bridge, I can't Bridges, I can't is Bridges a stud. out either. I really the, like Bridges. He's a stud. But they're also taking advantage of some other teams really not playing that well, right? Toronto's not really playing well. Boston, you mentioned. Um, Atlanta's not really playing well. The Knicks aren't playing. Teams that we saw in the beginning of the season when the East was shaping out to be like, all right, these are probably going to be the contenders. We really didn't have Charlotte that high up on the list. We had them kind of like being in that playoff push yep, almost. Yep. No, we but, wanted to see what they were going to do. But we wanted we to see really what they were going to do. Gonna and anything. they're a talented team. They are. And that's but, why I'm interested. But they're not on the Heat's level. The but they're not on the Heat's level. They're no, no, they're, they're Nowhere not. Near that's not. That's not what right? I'm saying. No, but I'm, I know, I know. I'm more interested in that matchup than say kinda, well, the Lakers. You know, I, I kind of disagree. Even that Clippers I have to game, disagree. Like that Clippers game, like I don't care. Like that, that didn't interest me. Like those two. Oh yeah, that Clippers game was big, West. bro. Because a team that you haven't beaten in, in eight games. That's a mental no, hurdle know, like, that I, you got to jump, and that's a big that. thing. Because when you look back again, that was only the first time we played the Clips. We got to play them again, um, but. When you look at that win, you're going to be like, yeah, that's a tough Western Conference opponent. And they have good players. Mind you, they were out, two of their guys. But still, like, you got to go out there and win at home, right? Especially at home. That's why I don't, I don't really try to discount every, every win, even if it's against the Lakers or a team like San Antonio or whatever. You got to go out there and win, dog. Because no, I'm not now, discounting them. I just didn't have any interest in watching them. Yeah, you know, because ah, you're tired of LeBron and Westbrook. You've already seen it. That's why. I just knew what was going to happen, dude. And you don't think we're going to beat the Hornets? Charlotte could be interesting, man. It's a, We're at Charlotte. Homie. We're at Charlotte. I'm telling and, you. And they, you they, they have a, just had a, a weird a weird couple games. What chance are you giving Charlotte to win this game? Bro, I give Charlotte a 30% chance to win this game. Maybe 25. That's they're an NBA high. team, dude. They're, they're, I get you, dog. But, we're, but we're the number one team in the East. Uh, I get that, man. We're the Heat. But we're on a road trip, homie. You just said it's six-game road trip, and they're at the end of that. They're the fifth game in that road trip, I think, right? Or the sixth? They're towards the end fourth, of that. Fourth. Fourth. So, I mean, that's that's a lot. That's a lot and of that's mileage, after, a lot of moving that's around. That's, that's, you. that's You feel what I'm saying? Like, that's the game that I'm interested in right now. I want to see how we the, play be the, in that game. I get you, but that'll be the second game, right, on the, on the in four days, right? Because they'll be off Wednesday, play Thursday, off Friday, play Saturday. So, by then, they should be enough, right, seeing how the first three games go. And it starts tonight with Boston, right? We're going to check it out a little bit later, see how that game goes. But if if they get off to a good start on the road, then I don't see that Charlotte game even being an issue because they'll have enough rest in, in between then and the beginning of the road trip and that game to be like, all right, we're going in here full force. Yep. And tonight we're playing without Lowry. We're playing without Tucker. It's going to be interesting to yep. see who steps up and, and who's the unlikely hero. Who's the unlikely hero? Don't worry. We're going to put that poll out after this episode uh, drops. Snap. Uh, when we, we get some people uh, to react on it. Absolutely, man. I don't think heroes should have been on that list, but, yeah. hey, that's neither here nor there. And you know what? Um, let's jump into the Panthers, bro, because we're watching them right now, and they're up 2-1 on Columbus. Uh, that on the already? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, Saturday's game that I went to, I had the, was the privilege of going to. Was lit. Uh, was, we were down early 2-1. Yeah, bro. But to, the, to San Jose. Yeah, and you know that that was the third game that they had won in a row because they had beat, um, excuse me, they had been Winnipeg Jets, then they beat the uh, Las Vegas uh, Knights, which are a good Western Conference team, and then they had that crazy game against San Jose that you went to and the Sharks, 
and that ends up a crazy game. Uh, overtime thriller amazing, because amazing game. So the Heat game was going on simultaneously. Simultaneously, I had homies that were at that game. Super dope. But the Panthers game started at six, so it was over by like nine or so. And then that guy was able to see the second half of the Heat game. Um, but man, we're down early, two one. Right, second period comes around. It's kind of a slow second period, and then like towards the end of it, we end up scoring a goal. Um, no, I'm sorry. They score a goal on us, so now it's 3-1. Right. And then we score one, but they ended up taking it back, back. on an offside. Yes. And it was like, what? Like, bro, we already cheered so hard. You got to give it to us. Like, <laughs> we just went in for that goal, and you're going to call that now? And whatever. So they take that away, and then uh, they end up scoring another one, so then it's 4-2. Correct. And then that's when the comeback started. The third, yeah, the third period was where it got. It was just ridiculous. Well, you have those two goals in the third period to even up the game and send it to overtime. And, and you know, like we've noticed with a lot of the games that we watch with the Panthers, they get off to a very quick start. But not only do they get off to a very quick start, they're very good at finishing games and, like, finding a way to put enough shots or enough I don't want to say, like, just pressure, but I want to say, like, strategic force in order to push the pace of the game where they can crowd up on the other team, really control the puck, and find themselves with ways to get into really good shooting lanes, right, and passing lanes. And a lot of their goals that they score are, like, always quick movements and people rushing towards the goal. That Saturday game was was that because they started off the game down 2-1, and then you have to fight your way all the way back from, like, 4-2, to tie the game up, and then Sam Bennett puts in his 21st goal of the season to win the game in overtime, that just shows you, bro, like how hardcore this Panthers team is because it's easy to forget about what they've been through, right? So especially since early in the season, um, losing your coach, big drama, being number one, and then COVID, and then you lose a week and a half, and you have players heard back and forth. And yet, everything has been consistent for the Panthers. They've continued to have guys step up. You know, we mentioned Sam Bennett. We got his studs, bro. Studs. Yo, we got studs that everywhere. night. Duclair, our boy. He's, he's he such was, a beast. But he wasn't bro. He wasn't on that night, dog. Let me tell you. You know who was on? Who? Johnny motherfucking Hubido. I'm sorry I got to <laughs> say it like that. I'll bleep it out later in post. But Hubido was balling that night. NHL kid. leader in points, by the way. Guys, what, what, do you have his stat line? I'm going to pull it up for yeah, you. Yeah, he has 62 points on the season so no, 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 far. No, for, oh, that, like, for, that, for game. that game. Yeah, that game in particular. I think he had one goal to assist. Yeah, yeah one goal to assist. all over that, bro. But a lot, a, that game in specific is, is just a small thing because, look, in that in that Las Vegas game, Huberto had a chance to open net, right? And he didn't get, get the goal. He gave up the pass to Sam, uh, to Sam Bennett, you know, because Sam's on fire. Sam's really confident. He's obviously leading the team in goals. And for him, the captain, the 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 leader, the people that everybody looks up to, to be like, no, nah, I'm not going to take this goal. I'm going to give it to the guy who needs the goal, who can use the goal. That just shows you, like, the type of makeup that the team has. Right. And, and I have to give a special shout-out to Anton Lundell because this guy is a rookie, a guy that we drafted early, right? And on the season so far, he has 10 goals and 17 assists. And this guy is a baby, all right? And for a guy to be producing like that, um, has two game-winning goals on the season. For for that kid to come into a squad full of veterans, full of hardened men, yep. right? Uh, guys who've been there, who knows what it takes to win, to lose, have that heartbreak, right? 
it, it says a lot about that kid to be stepping up and playing and holding his own weight and really getting into a, his own groove and finding his own path on that team is super incredible to see. So I, I had to give him a, spe- a special shout-out, man. So shout-out to the rookie, super rookie, Lindell, man, because I feel like this team has it all. You have rookies. You have uh, Spencer Knight, young young goaltender. Last, I mean, last year, was, he was a rookie, He right? was a rookie, right, or, or quote-unquote rookie, but still a, a young talent that right. you have, and then you have Bob. Big Bob, who's the steady, consistent veteran. And then you look up and down that path, there's roster. And all you see is young stud, veteran stud. Young stud, veteran stud. Yeah. Sam Bennett is a is is a young, freaking amazing hockey player, bro. And for the Panthers to have him locked in for like another five years, we have Barkov forever. You know what I mean? Like Huberdeau's going to be here forever. Like we have a great, great core and a lot of young talent to supplement. And that's what makes this team so dangerous, bro. And it's a lot of fun, bro. Tell me about that atmosphere on Saturday night. No, man. I'm going back. I, I'm looking for for tickets as we speak right now, bro. <laughs> yo, we, it was just, it was amazing. I didn't want to get up. Like, you know, my girl was like, hey, I want to drink. And I was like, all right, go I, get it. I want one too. Go get me one. <laughs> like, I don't want to leave right now. It was it was funny because, like, as soon as, like, they left to go get drinks, like, they like we started to come back. That's when the comeback started to happen. And it was like, oh, my God. And three, by the time they got back, three goals in total were scored. Nasty. And it was like, oh, dude, you're missing out on a crazy game. Oh, Don't look, leave. Another power play goal, bro. Beautiful. Sheesh. We're watching the game right three now. 3-1 on so. the Columbus Blue Jackets. Up 3-1 early. First, first, first period still, right? Still eight minutes yeah. left. But, man, it was great, man. It was a great environment. You know, I, I, that, that arena is great, you know, for concerts or for games or whatever. Um Super cool. I definitely will be going back, man, just because I had so much fun and because I didn't get my merch. I was trying to get a jersey ah. or a beanie or something, and, like, we were kind of late walking in, so, like, I was like, oh, the store, and they were like, no, 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 no just come back later. Let's, let's go. go to the let's go to our seats. never went back. Never went back, dog. Because then we exited <laughs> by somewhere else where, like, that store was closed already and all uh. that, like, and we exited away from it. So then I was like, man, I never got in. They were like, oh, you could have gone at any point. I'm like, did you see the game? Were you watching <laughs> Not getting game? up. No, man. Like, up. Are you kidding? Got to do that on the way in, and that's it. And like Absolutely. have it on. But now you know. Yo, it was a deal. It was a deal. It was a great deal. Great game. I mean, overtime win. Uh, we, we, Can't we beat that. You bro. couldn't ask for more. Comeback win. End up beating San Jose five four. Uh, you beat um, Winnipeg Jets five three. You beat uh, the Las Vegas Knights four one. This is a team that knows how to score goals. This is a team that knows how to stay consistent in that aspect. And this is a team that is not only figured it out but has learned to excel at the highest level in hockey. It's not easy to stay on top for that long. We've only seen great teams do it. Red Wings, Rangers, uh, recently Tampa Bay, right? You look at the Panthers being up there. It's kind of exciting to see them because uh, it's, it's tough. I mean, we got we got to win one to be able to even be mentioned with those And we're on the way. Teams. We have a fantastic team and this is probably the best shot that we have at it. So, uh, we said it last year, it was it was, you know, Stanley Cup or bust. And unfortunately, you know, we ran into a bus. That, that was the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know, who eventually went on to win it. But now we want that smoke. But we we want that smoke, man. And we're we we're gonna smoke. get it, man. We're gonna get our chance. It's just a matter of staying disciplined, staying consistent, so that that way we have the home home ice advantage. Absolutely, and they're on their way, man. Like I said, they're thirty one wins, the Lightning loss, five overtime losses. Um, that's good enough for having what's that. Uh, 67 points. Sick. You know, and there's other teams in the race. Tampa Bay is right behind the 64 points. There's teams in the West that have um, 65 points. Like, there, there is enough team. The Colorado Avalanche is, uh, I think, they're ahead by two points with 69. There's enough 
competition for the yeah. Panthers to say, we got to keep the, you know, pedal to the metal, yeah. full throttle. Can't take your foot and, off the gas. And keep it going because every game is going to be that type of intensity for them. And if they can continue with that run, Ooh, and the guys stay healthy, Duclair, Huberto, Barkov, right? We don't Bennett. lose none of those guys. Bennett, we don't lose uh, Big Bob for any type of extended time or Spencer Knight. Uh, this other kid whose name escapes me right now, Carter. Uh, uh, Gabas uh, is the defenseman. What, He's you huge. Have, you don't have the roster there in front of you, right? I have it here. This dude, Carter. Uh, his last name, like I can't pronounce it. It's just one of those. You know, we're bad with names in the first place. But who us? No. Um, he, as you're pulling it up, we will probably get to that in just a moment. But his first name is Carter, and his last name is. He's looking it up. We're for Hagee. It's not that hard, man. For Hagee. Uh, bro, but it's, it's it's spelled weird and it's pronounced <laughs> weird. I don't know, though. Verha- well, look, anyways, Verhage, he Duclair, had two assists that night. We bro. mentioned Duclair. We mentioned Hornquist, Peter Hornquist, and we like. We have a lot of talent on this team, dude. And if these guys can stay healthy, stay together, uh, continue to build that chemistry, it's going to be really hard to take them out of the playoffs this year. Yeah. And we know that we're going to have that home ice advantage if we stay on top of the East like they're doing so far. So Let me ask you a question. Talk to me. Whose jersey should I get, dog? Me, personally, if I were you, I would go go Hoover, though. I'm, I'm thinking Hoover, though, bro. Hubie's the man, dog. Or Duclair, one of the two, man. Nah, if, I think Hubie, man. I think Hubie, you gotta go Hubie. Hubie's the man, bro. Hubie's the man, bro. He's he's the captain and the leader for a reason. I might have to. I might you know, have him to. or Barkov, those are guys that you that not not only do fans look up to, guys on the team actually yeah. look up to, you know, so you can't go wrong with any one yeah. of those jerseys. Though. I'm going to see, dog. If I go to the game, if I go to another game, which I want to go to another game. We got to lock it in. And if we go to the play, I mean, we're going to be in the playoffs, though. We got to go to we a gotta playoff go, We got to do that. That's it. We yeah, gotta go to lock it in. No, you lock it in. No, you lock it in. <laughs> I'm going to lock right? it in. Running 25 miles before significant events. Yeah, it's so not what I do usually, man, but I'm, What but is I'm your marathon, and what's the update with that? It's uh this upcoming Sunday. I got 13.2 miles. Sunday already. So we're not recording. Recording next week, you're going to be out of commission for. A I'll month. probably be out of commission that Monday. I'll probably <laughs> out of be out of commission. But um, nah, man. Like you know, I, I ran uh, Sunday. Feel good. Been running a lot. That training regimen has helped a lot. Um, shout out to my wife for hooking it up. She's been really uh, helpful when it comes to that training, and she's been kicking ass too. So it makes it easier to to do things like that when that's happening. So Sunday, man, yeah, it's going to happen. Uh, right. Half marathon going down. That's fire. That's 13 miles, right? 13.2 to be exact. Right. Nobody's counting. Yeah, well, the point two nobody cares about. It's the 13. <laughs> that's the that hardest shit to finish, believe it or not. Bro. It's the point two. That's the hardest. Because you already hit the 13, yeah, and you're like, come, come on. on. <laughs> Just oh, call man. it. Just call where, it. Where is it at? Where are you guys running? Uh, Miami Beach, man. It'll be on the beach. Um, I'll, right. po- I'll post some of the, the information you got on to, the bro. On you got to be posting when you run and give us updates and stuff. So you can give me a shout out. I'll bring you some fettuccine. Shout out to my boy Vic, man. He's going to be out there too, man. I'll bring you some fettuccine Alfredo so you can carb load. Yeah, bro. I already told my girl I want a big pizza to myself. <laughs> no, before the race, though. No, no. Like Michael I'm Scott. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. Not doing that. Like the office. <laughs> not doing that. I got you. Um, but you know what? I enjoyed, I, I wanted to enjoy some pizza this weekend. I unfortunately didn't get to. Uh, but the football games, man, they, they were amazing, amazing football games. And this playoffs has honestly been like, Leveling up every single every round. Every single round has been like, whoa, well, after, whoa, whoa. After the divisional round, we were like, man, this is going to be tough to yeah. top. And yeah, we, the games were a little bit more defensively. But you you um, expect that in championship games, don't you? Absolutely. That's right? my point. That was exactly what I was going to get to. But yeah, it was more defensive than the first couple, mm-hmm. uh, and then the, the week prior or whatever. But that's what you expect from a championship game. Like these are the two best teams in this conference now, right? 
we shouldn't have a shootout. Uh, you know, a, a 42, 35, Correct. you know, it should be in the 20s. If that, and that's what we had. One Correct. of the games was 27 24, I yep. think. That was the Bengals and the Chiefs. That's you know, the first one. Let's start with that game. That's the NFC match, AFC matchup, right? Um, Cincinnati, unlikely team to make it that far, right? A lot of teams knew that they were dangerous Only offensively. Won four games last year, right? Yep. Yep. And, and people knew that offensively they had talent, right? And they're very dangerous. Dangerous in that aspect, but as the season was coming to an end, what we saw was their defense really elevate and take a step further and become a, the type of defense who was um, punishing people for their mistakes. Hey, you had an errant throw. We're jumping on it. We're turning it into an interception. You held on to that ball for a second, a second too late. Boom, we're getting you, we're hitting the quarterback, and we're causing fumbles. Very disruptive defense right now Cincinnati has. And they were able to go into Arrowhead Stadium and beat the Chiefs at their own game. And a lot of people knew had the Chiefs, like, wrapping up the game early because they jumped to a quick start. Uh, it was, what, 21-10 uh, to 10 at, at, by halftime? I think it was 21-3 to three at one point. Tw- yeah, it was 21-3. to three. And then uh, Cincinnati scored that touchdown, right, to bring them a little bit closer. And uh, some AGP Ryan touched on. I think that was it. Correct. Got him in. And, and, and that, some that kind of started it. It kind of jump started. Yeah, it. man. Because if you if you look at the momentum shift after that touchdown that Cincinnati scored, right? Um, Kansas City drove the length of the field and they got into fourth and goal. And that's when Tyreek Hill got stopped at the goal line. Boom. And, and I feel time like expired. Correct. Half. And I feel like the the Bengals used that to be like, yo, let's believe in ourselves, right? Like, let's believe in ourselves. We're in this game. Um, we're just holding this high-powered offense. We just stopped them right now before they can put the, the clamps on us. Let's go out there and show them what we're made of. And these guys had a hell of a second half, led by Joe Burrow, um, who had 250 yards with two touchdowns on the day. Uh, an amazing performance for such a guy who's used to ha- being on the big stage, right? He was on the big stage at LSU. We, we, I don't know if you saw that cool picture of his lineman holding him up in LSU and yeah, then the holding him up. Game and then now for the, for the NFC. How the crazy NFC is conference. that? And then they come back, score, what, 14 points unanswered or, or, yeah, 14 points unanswered in the second half, forced the Chiefs to kick a field goal to win the game, to tie the game instead of going for a touchdown because the Chiefs were actually first in goal. They got pushed back on second on first down, got pushed back on second down. And then on third down, you had, again, stupid play calling. You have Mahomes dropping back to throw a pass. He holds on to it for a second too long, and guess what happens? Bengals made him pay for it. They hit the ball out of his hand, fumble. Thankfully for the Chiefs, they were able his, to recover. His lineman dropped. It. He landed on it. Yeah, right. He was able to recover it and, and get. The, they were able to at least tie it to take it to OT. If not, <laughs> and what happened in OT? Oof! They win the scary moment. Scary moment. Man, the Bengals have the call. They pick heads, and tails never fails, baby. And except when it does, but in this case, it didn't. And the <laughs> freaking Chiefs got the ball to start. Even Josh Allen tweeted out pain, pain, just like he had PTSD watching that because he was like, "Oh God, here we go." That shit must have sucked big time. But um, that defense, boy, Cincinnati defense, really stepping up in moment in the moments that they need to step up and really make an emphasis in the game. Yeah, man. Um, they they make a big stop. Impressive. Impressive, right? Big stop, forced the, the Chiefs to punt. Or no, not even. No. I'm, I'm talking crap. The, the guy makes misses the first interception. Uh, Apple, the defensive back, he misses the first one. 
wide open and hit him dead in the arms and he just drops it. So I'm thinking, damn, that's the mistake that you have to capitalize when Mahomes gives it to you because next time after that, the very next play usually is a touchdown. And guess what? Mahomes went for the touchdown, tried to find a receiver down the right, the left flank. Tyreek was double covered. Double covered. The ball pops up, lands straight into Buddy's chest. Boom. Picked off. Yep. He runs it back for a little bit, and they brought him down. And I'm sure, like, the, imagine the feeling of Joe Burrow when he sees that interception, ha- interception happen. He's like, oh, we won this game. Because my dog looks so, so, much, so confident, but so relaxed, right? Like, super relaxed. Boom, puts his helmet on, and boom, drives his team downfield. Makes some throws, hands it off. Joe Mixon had a hell of a game, that game. Um, he ends up with, what, 88 yards on the ground, uh, he also caught the ball for 27 yards, 100, you know, so very productive day for Joe, uh, Joe Mixon, uh, fantasy stud. And that type of running back really le- led the pace for the Bengals, and that's what led them down the field, man, because it was easy to punish that chief defense who was already tired and drive down the field, put their guy into a position to kick the field goal, and McPherson again. You know he's going to... Money. He's going to drain it. Money, bro. On the road with the fans booing the crap out of you to take the Bengals to their first Super Bowl. I mean, God knows how long. This is the guy that, you know, before he kicked the game-winning field goal to take them to the conference championship, looked at Joe Burrow and said, well, I guess we're going to the AFC championship game. Yep. And went out and proceeded to kick an even longer kick. So an even longer this kick. This one was a chip shot. They had already gone down the field. They were just trying to secure, you know, the position. And, you know, with the overtime rules, all they needed was just a field goal to win the game at that point. And, you know, they, they, they did it. You know, they executed to perfection. So uh, they earned themselves a spot in the Super Bowl, um, a team that nobody really thought. Outside would, of would Cincinnati, right? Here, you know what I mean? <laughs> you look at the favorites. You look at your Bills, you look at your your Chiefs, you look Titans. at the Ravens, you look at the Titans. You know, there's so many teams, the Dolphins. There's so many what? teams. What? So many teams that, you know, we <laughs> thought we're going to be in this position for the AFC, you know, in the Super Bowl, and it came down to the Bengals. And it's a great story, man. Um, and, and, you know, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, there's something there. So I'm excited. I want to see a big game considering who the opponent is on the other side is one of the best if not the best yeah. defensive back in the league in Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, no, that let, let's talk about that other team that's yeah, gonna be representing us, the that NFC. Brings us to the Rams versus and the, the Niners. Niners. And that what's crazy about that game, right, is the Rams were doing everything in their power to limit the amount of Niner fans that were going to be able to enter. Which I thought the game. was kinda whack. Kinda bullshit, right? That's whack, yo. Real whack. Real I, mean, I mean, if it's because they're rowdy and all that, just get better crowd control, dog. Like, what are you doing? Why Higher are you trying security, to make it like in the soccer stadiums and where they put the dividers up? You know what I mean? Yeah, and they just yeah. keep people and the Niners separate. fans that were there were pretty rowdy, let me tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On both sides. Um, it's L.A., man. What are you going to do? Yeah. But uh, I'm saying, like, the Niners fans are real fans. The L.A. fans, they ain't real fans, bro. They're just transplants. They just got, they got money that they are just, just got there. You know what I'm saying? Like, the San Fran, San Fran fans that pulled up are real deal fans. You know what I mean? They probably go back. To you know the '90s and the yeah. '80s and shit when they had uh, <laughs> Young and Montana and Jerry Rice, you know what I mean? Like those are the, the they have they have history there, bro. The they Rams do. they don't have that that same history because no. even if you were a, a fan of the greatest show on turf, that's I mean they were in St. Louis. It was the Rams, but they were in St. Louis. Though. Exactly. They weren't in L.A. Nope. And and you know Rams fans know that people in L.A. know that right? They got the new team, very flashy and gaudy. They got the young head coach. 
They trade for Stafford. They got Donaldson. They trade for Miller. They get freaking. <laughs> Bro, you call him Donaldson every time. It's every Donald. Aaron every Donald. Just drop the sun, son. I'm going to just call him Donald. Just drop the sun, son. Donald, son. Hey, that would be better than That would be cooler, Donald, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, Von Miller, Beckham. Bro, I forget they have Von Miller almost every game. Like, they got oh, shit, that's right. They got Von Miller. Yeah, dude. Like, they got everybody. OBJ, Cooper Cup. <sighs> Uh, Everybody's on I mean, that Cam team. Cam Akers and, and Sonny Michelle in the backfield. They try to sign me for two weeks, though. Like <laughs> they try to get everybody, dog. Like everybody <laughs> who's on the market, they're going after them. And when you have that much talent or that much invested in the team, it they makes it harder. Do good. You better do good. You got to win. You you better put up results and like real results at that, right? And then you got the hard ass Niners, right? Niners built on complete defense because when you look at their offense, it's very. Limited. You have a freak of an athlete in Debo Samuel. Yep. Right? A freak of an athlete in George Kittle. Right. You got two really, really, really young, promising talents in uh, Brandon Ayuk. Right? And you got Mitchell in the backfield. Mitchell Mitchell in the backfield. Four guys we just named that any offense right now in the NFL would kill to have. Right? Because those guys are that dangerous. Now, in the quarterback position, they were relying on Jimmy G. And it's worked sometimes. It hasn't worked at other times. And it's it's always been a battle for 49er fans when it comes to Jimmy G, right? It's like a hate-love, love-hate relationship. Yeah, they drafted a, a quarterback last year in Trey Sermon. Right. So there was questions, you know, was Jimmy the guy? Is he going to be here? Yeah. And, and, and it just led to a bunch of uncomfortable stuff. It was a really rough year for Niner fans, right? But even with all that crap, right, they find themselves I mean, winning if the, games. If you call that a rough year, I don't know what the Dolphins had, bro. We're in the abyss. <laughs> we're in the abyss. Dolphins yeah, I mean, They are made it the to the abyss. conference championship. Okay, we're going to get to the Dolphins. We're going to get to the Dolphins. <laughs> All right. I promise. All right. Um, stay tuned for that, guys. Um, please, please, please don't don't stop listening now. Because <laughs> we said that. No, no, no. Um, when when you look at that, that team, right, again, they rely on Jimmy for the quarterback position, but they're built on defense and they have some weapons on offense. And they were able to win games on special teams, on defense, on those two strengths in order to put themselves in a position to get potentially to a Super Bowl. They ran into a really good team in the Rams. And they had them at some point sweating because in the beginning it was ten, at halftime it was ten seven San Fran and San Fran had just scored and put up the field goal and I was thinking damn you know the momentum is right now with San Francisco it's going to be interesting to see how how Los Angeles responds more importantly how Stafford responds because he is what really gets that team going that team was lacking in that quarterback position that's why they went and got him because they know that he has the talent they know he has the arm um cooper cup man what, what can you say about that guy man how he gets open how he runs those routes do you those have sure that line in front of you no nah, i don't i do he i'm had, not he had like 10 <laughs> catches 150 yards and two 11 touchdowns. catches 142 there you go and two touchdowns right yeah the first two touchdowns. A 14 ca- the fir- it was 14 like, targets. Me, me, I was watching the game with Jose, and uh, and we were talking about just bets and gambling, and we wish that the you know the Hard Rock app was still up and all uh, that stuff. Get it and together. He's like, yo, if you could bet right now, who would you have your money on for first touchdown in this game? And I'm like, bro, pff, easy money. Cooper, easy money. Cooper Cup. Absolutely. And as a matter of fact, they had gone to him early on, and they dropped it, and right. they had to walk away, I think, with the field goal. Yep. But then later on, they, the, the first touchdown ended up being uh, Cooper Cup, and yep. I was like, Easy money, dude. And look, Beckham, 113 yards on nine catches. No touchdowns, but still. Nah, but he had some huge Huge catches. catches huge first down. Yeah. Huge plays. There for- was one where actually it was kind of ugly, like the, the the safety that came across the top and kind of there was mm. helmet to helmet or whatever. And I Rocked like, his ass. Yeah, but I felt like he handled it pretty well. He was just like, yo, man, for real? Like, what are we doing right now? And then, like, they got the penalty. 
And, like, that was one catch. Like, he grabbed that. He, he had a couple on the sideline that he needed to grab. Um, so he, he did he did really well. Um, yeah. They, they lost, they, especially because they, they needed that because they lost their uh, tight end. They lost Higby that game. He got, yeah. he went out with something. I don't know what happened to him. I think it was, like, a, a um, knee but, injury. But, bro, let me tell you, too, even uh, Jefferson, bro. Van yes. Jefferson, that kid's a stud, dog. Stud. Again, that, that kid's a really important part of that receiving core, in my opinion, bro. Filled with talent, man. Filled with talent. And, you know, for you, you got to give a lot of credit to the 49ers because that offensive line really checked the crap out of that defensive line. There's some killers on that defensive line. Some real all pro guys. They're sending everybody in their mom. Bosa's a beast. Everybody on their mom. You know, in the in the middle, he's the captain of the defense there. Yep. They got killers on that defense. They've always have though. When they were the last time, Bosa uh, plays for the Niners. Huh? You said Bosa, but Bosa plays for the Niners. Yeah, it wasn't. We're talking. I was talking about the offensive line for the Niners. Oh, the, the offensive line. line. I'm sorry. Yes. I thought we were talking, we were on defense, but no. yes, no, on the offense. But what I was saying, yeah, yeah. and my point was like the offensive line for the Niners really kept the defensive line at bay and for, gave Jimmy for a chance, gave him a chance to really produce something for Elijah, something for Debo, something for AU, because he was able to get the ball to those guys. It wasn't yeah. just run play option every single time. No, Jimmy dropped back and made some throws. And even in the end, when when the Niners lost right the game on that last possession that they had. Um, it was I, the pressure. It was Aaron it was Donald the in his face. In his face, right? And that was like either the first or second time that Donald had even touched Jimmy G. That's how impressive that offensive line was for the Niners. But you could tell that Jimmy was trying to make something happen, and it was just too much pressure. He ends up making a bad decision and throwing it blindly. Gets tipped. Falls right into the hand of the defender. He runs around for a little bit. Game over. Yep. Rams are heading to the Super Bowl. This is going to be the second year in a row where we have yeah, a this. team hosting the Super Bowl in the Super Bowl. After it never happened in all of NFL history before. What's that. going on, dog? Last year with Tampa Bay and the, What's going on, the Rams. Man. So all I got to know is, is the Super Bowl being hosted in Miami next year. <laughs> yeah, That's all I want to know, player. But, yo, um, now the stage is set. We're obviously uh, excited about the Super Bowl, and we, we're going to do a whole probably you know Super Bowl show leading up to it uh, and give our picks then, so we don't want to dwell on that right now. But yeah. Um, the Bengals being in it, Joe Burrow being in it, awesome. know, it raises an interesting topic, um, something that came up over the weekend, which is some information about what the Dolphins were willing to give up to try to move up to a position where they can draft Joe Burrow mm-hmm. two years ago. And they were willing to offer up to three or four first-round first picks just to get him. And the Bengals, with a snap call, looked at the Dolphins and said, Sorry for you. Sorry. Not sorry. And ultimately, and it was the right decision. Ultimately, it was the right decision. So... Um, what do you think? Do you think that, you know, Gerald Burrow w- with the Dolphins would be in the same position, or do you think we would have dolphined him and, and screwed up his career? It's it's tough to say, right? And I had thought about it. It, it. For me, it's tough to say because, yeah, you can tell that Joe Burrow is obviously an amazing quarterback, a generational quarterback, a guy who's going to make a difference in any franchise that he would have landed on, right? He would have changed that franchise. He would have changed this franchise, no doubt. Um, does that mean that he would have taken us to this level? That's tough to say. It's tough to say because, yeah, our defense could have been that is probably as good as the Bengals' defense, and you can kind of like argue talent for talent as far as offenses go. But what what matters is the play calling, the guy who's coaching them up, the guy who's coaching the O line, the guy who's coaching. That's what matters, you know. And that staff is well more equipped to handle those guys that they have. Obviously, it makes your job easier when you have a Burrow, when you have a, a Joe Mixon back there. You have a guy like um, 
Higgins making big plays, right? Boyd was making big plays. A bunch of guys that you have, uh, the tight ends. Uzoma, you got hurt that game too. You got hurt that game, you know, but a guy you rely on all season. When you have that many weapons, it makes it easier. I don't know if our weapons are A, as good enough, or B, as consistent enough to have make that difference. Maybe right. Joe Burrow is I'll the be, guy who I'm makes the, the difference, right? I, I agree with the sentiment on the defense. Like, I think our defense is as good, if not better. It right. could have been, you know, it could be. Um, but the offense, I mean, that that's without the offensive line, you know, then he's getting sacked more than nine, nine times a game. You know, and granted, he got sacked nine times and still won the game. One. But, and, uh, you know, it, it's tough, man, because we don't, you know, we have Jalen Waddle. Right, and they have Jamar Chase, and it's like, hey, you know, you might argue. All right, you Jamar can cancel Chase, that, but when but you we keep will going, those out. exactly, exactly where I'm going with this is when we start going down the list. It's like, all right, we, then they got Tyler Boyd, and it's like, well, right, Tyler mm. Boyd's probably better than every other receiver we have. And they're like, all right, they got T. Higgins. It's like, he's still yeah, better he's than probably every, still better than. <laughs> all right, well, well let's we talk about their O line. Well, they got a better O line than we do. Yep, because they have a run game, yep. and they have a better running, running back, back than we do. You know yep. what I mean? So it's like, yeah, Joe Burrow, I, you know, would have possibly, you know changed it for us but I, I don't know with Flores being a defensive minded guy and, and not having a team around him on the offensive side of the ball to help him you know uh, sure. de- you know develop and, and 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 do well in games I don't know if he would have had the same outcome probably not man probably you know not. and, and again it's, it's just how you judge the franchises and what they're about and where they're at in this stage right for for whatever you can say about Cincinnati their level of success as a franchise has Definitely exceeded whatever type of Dolphins success I've had. Yep. All right? Any type of success. Mm-hmm. And it's going to continue to be like that because we still have questions unanswered. A lot of questions at the quarterback position. A lot of questions at the wide receiver position, right? Um, running back position. Uh, offensive line. Pick a, pick anyone, right, of those five positions. Lots of questions. Not and, to mention the biggest question of them all. The head coach. <laughs> We see all this stuff being talked about. Brian Dables coming to Miami. Nope, not nope. anymore. He ends up going to the Giants. And then a lot of people were making a big emphasis as far as like, oh, well, look, he didn't even pick Tua, who he coached and was his quarterback in college. And to that, I'd like to say, man, whatever. He probably just realized that the Miami Dolphins are a dumpster fire. And he said, I'm not stepping into that. I don't want to go into a place where in two years people are going to be breathing down my neck. You know, I'd rather go where I know I can probably get a first-round pick in the Giants and get and draft a quarterback, draft who I want, draft this guy, draft this guy, have my owner throw money left and right with him being a football guy. Ross doesn't do that. We have the same guy in place in Greer. Um, I don't know if this job is that attractive. Now, today we saw a lot of news on Twitter, right, as far as Harbaugh coming through. Um, so, somebody whose name has not really circulated in the last couple of weeks in this, and then just pops candidacy. up. Yeah, we. I mean, we've been looking at McDaniel. Is it Mike McDaniel? Josh? No, not Josh. Josh McDaniel's for New England. I'm talking about the dude for San Fran. Oh I yeah, yeah. Mike, Mike, Kev, yes, it is Michael. I think it's it Mike McDaniel. Uh, you know, the offensive coordinator there. That his name was one of the ones, and then uh, the other one was the offensive coordinator for uh, the Cowboys. Um, Moore, Kellen Moore. And, you know, and those two, I'm like, ah, Kellen Moore, I don't know if I want a guy like Kellen Moore um, to, to be our head coach. But the McDaniel one was a little interesting. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if this guy's ready yet. But then again, you know, was Shanahan ready? Was uh, was McVay ready? Was K- Kingsbury ready? You know, all these young coaches that are having a lot of success. And it's like, 
Maybe maybe that is exactly what we need is that that offensive guru to come in there and like with the pieces that he does have in Tua and in Waddle and like all right like I this is what I need you know even though he he doesn't have a, a great running back core they get away with it with Mitchell and, and a couple other pieces there because they've had a ton of injuries at the running back position but then were we able to see what he was able to do with Debo Samuel from the receiving position exactly and he was playing running back all throughout that field so that that kind of like you know drove some interest like all right this guy might be an interesting candidate but then a guy that I really frankly didn't care for um in Jim Harbaugh see his name pop up today I was like uh, I have mixed emotions I have mixed feelings because I'm like yeah he did well with the Niners when he was here before he, he left to Michigan or whatever but even at Michigan you know he like it took he, him a while it took him a while and even then like all he has to show for it was that he just beat Ohio State for the first time this past year yeah man like, it's like I don't really have anything else from him there to show me that you know he's an NFL caliber uh, championship caliber coach right like the pedigree right stands for itself right the pedigree stands for itself he has a big name in football his that lineage blah 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 but when you when you break down what the dolphins need they don't need more of the same and i feel like jimmy would be more of the same right where we where we're going with this proven name of uh, this guy who's supposed to be a football guy uh, a guy who's supposed to be hard nosed and this type of you know old school type. I don't know if we need that because I, I, what I really feel like what we need is a complete reset on how we evaluate football as a team, right? Because we've obviously been able to do well at it in small instances, but nowhere near enough to the level where we can say, "All right, now we can compete." Because I, had the Dolphins made the playoffs, we would have got smoked by any one of those teams. Titans would have smoked us. Uh, Bengals would have smoked us. Chiefs, you name it. You know, any one of those teams would have smoked us. The, the Steelers, probably. Mm. They would have ran it, honest though. Hey, I don't know. I think that's the one team. I'm sorry. I got it. I was looking for the. You're putting Big Ben right in a big game versus Tua. I'm taking. I'm taking Tua, bro. Uh, I'm taking Tua, bro. I guess. I guess. I guess. Uh, there's the one team that we. I guess. Beat. I'm sorry. I guess. I'm not. Team. I'm not taking their wide receivers. I'm not. I'm not saying that their wide receivers are out of this world. But again, a big game playoff in in Pittsburgh. I'll probably pick Pittsburgh quarterback over our quarterback. And that's no this. Just we never had the chance. So yeah, we never had the chance. But the point is this: I don't believe that the Dolphins are a good enough team at the moment for somebody to just come in and make that instant change. That's why I don't. I don't get hype about the Jimmy talk. Yeah. I don't get hype about the Mike talk for the kid from Forty ers I didn't get hype about the Dable talk. I'm not getting hype. Yeah. yeah, I'm not getting hype because I need to see lowering the higher, expectations. Lowering my expectations. Make the higher. When the hire happens, then I'll analyze yeah. it. Because that'll let me know the direction that we're heading. I'm not going to guess and shit like that and, and try to put myself in a spot where we're, we're trying to figure out what the Dolphins are thinking. Because at this point, I don't even think the Dolphins know what they're thinking. I think the Dolphins are looking for somebody to tell them what to think. That's a Right? That's a and point. having somebody, yeah, dude. Well, well put. Yeah, they're having somebody come into the building and say, this is what you need. You need to do this. You need this. I need this guy. I need this guy. Fire this guy. Bring in this player. These guys need to weigh this. So this is how we're drafting we our Pat Riley. The Dolphins need Pat Riley. Something like that. Why haven't we had some sort of, like, crossover? You know how they do crossovers <laughs> in TV, like Family Guy meets The Simpsons? We need to have, like, a crossover Dolphins the heat. meet the heat, like, where Pat Riley just like, you know what? I'm just going to run everything. Again, you got to look at the history of the Dolphins, man. Historically, we've always had owners, right, who are really wealthy, right, billionaires, who are not necessarily football advocates, 
football fans, football guys who decide to say, I want to own the team. I want to make it profitable. I want to make it the thing to do, but I don't really care about whether we win or not. The product you, on the field. You, you guys figure that part out. Go ahead. Figure it out. Oh, I'm going to stick to this GM for seven years. Ah, shit, didn't work out. Out. I'm going to get stick with this GM for four years. Ah, it didn't work out. I'm going to sell the team. And then the next guy comes in and does the same thing. I'm sticking with this GM, who's the guy who I know for five years. It's the same, it's the same, same formula over and over again. So now we have Ross, who's playing that role, right? The billionaire owner with the GM who's been here forever, right? Through all of our bad years, right? Catches a break in, in drafting three players in the rook, in the draft who were named to the pro football all-rookie team, which is Holland, Phillips, and Waddle, right? Three guys who really deserved it. Without that, we are really talking about a guy who would have kept his job, right, had those guys not panned out. We would have fired Flores for sure, right? If Waddle works out and Holland is a bust or Phillips would have been a whatever guy, a rotational guy, we definitely would have just fired um, – What's his face? Flores. We would have just fired him, but Greer would have stayed. So those guys kind of, quote, saved his job, but that guy's staying here, and that's the problem. We don't have enough balls in that area to be like, yo, we need to get rid of this guy. And he's here, and he's going to be the one who hires the next head coach. And when he hires that head coach, the Dolphins fan, the hardcore Dolphin fan base is going to be excited, right? Um because they're going to see the possibilities. The fringe Dolphin fans, right, which is right outside that, they're going to be like, oh, interesting. That's a, that's a, that's a big name, right? What, what about the jaded Dolphins fans? The jaded Dolphin fans are going to be like, ha, I give this guy eight weeks before they start talking shit about him <laughs> in the, on the blogs and on Twitter. Because that dude is coming into a tough situation. He's coming into a quarterback who doesn't have a lot of confidence, right, and has a lot of questions about him within the team, right? You're coming into a situation where your offensive coordinator is non-existent and there is no type of offensive identity. We've talked about that before, right? There's no running back. We have a weakness at at wide receiver, right? We have a major hole in our offensive line, right? Our defense is aging, right? There's guys who we need to pay on defense, pay on offense. And on top of that, we just had paid a kicker who's also struggling. And then on top of that... Right, you add to that whole mix, you gotta win games right now. You gotta win games right now. Because as a Dolphins fan, right, people are not gonna wait three years to give whoever a shot. It's just not gonna happen. Especially knowing the talent that's on this team already, right? You're gonna expect them to load it up and say, Hey, let's make a playoff push. We won ten games last year. The year before that, we won nine games. We're like, we're steadily crawling, right, into that position. We're not going to get there, Doug. We're going to find the coach who's going to find a way to be limited. And until it changes, like, on the field and in that management group, we're going to be the same old Dolphins, Doug. Yeah, the the it, coach bro. doesn't matter, Doug. The coach doesn't matter at this point, Doug. No, you're absolutely right. The coach you're absolutely matter. right. I'm interested to see who it is. But, I'm not. You know, even <laughs> no matter who it is, I, I need to see what, what the rest is, you know, is going to what, what what the rest is going to be? Let me ask you a question. What our right. draft's going to look like, you know, right. who stays, like what the atmosphere in the locker room and the players is. Like I, That's the stuff that I'm interested in. Let me ask you about the draft specifically, right? Because that's where the, the focus is going to turn its attention into, right? 
Right now, we got two weeks into the Super Bowl. That's obviously going to be the biggest game, right? And then after that... Whoa, whoa, we got the Pro Bowl, dog. Come on. All right. In Las Vegas Bowl. this year? You're right. Hello. Cool. cool. All right. So there's the Pro Bowl, then we got the Super Bowl, <laughs> right? And then after that, immediately focus goes into offseason, right? A lot of quarterbacks at play, uh, a lot of big-name wide receivers, Godwin, right? Um, Here's a theory. What, what are you looking forward to this offseason more? The draft? Or free agency because we have money, so we're going to be active. Right now, I'm more interested in free agency. Why? Because there's a long shot theory running around there, mm. and I, me and my friends may or may not have been the ones to start the rumor. Huh? Interesting. But there's a rumor that Aaron Rodgers, Sir Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> formerly of Green Bay Packers, and Devontae Adams, who is a free agent this year, he can get tagged, are going to want to get out of there, out of that cold weather into a warmer climate, and they're going to bring along a guy by the name of David Bakhtiari or somebody else on that offensive line, and nah. we're just going to get half, of, gonna be half of the Packers. Yeah, half of the Packers team, and we're going to be the Packers, the South Beach Packers. I'm going to burst your bubble right now. <laughs> that duo right there is heading to Denver for sure. They just hired like their QB coach, and like they have four guys from their staff heading from the Packers so to Denver. Wait, hold on, hot take. You're calling it right now. Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver. Soso's putting it at 75%. I like it. Yeah. It's pretty strong. I like it. It's pretty strong. Uh Russell Will, uh Wilson is definitely out, out of Seattle. Yeah? I feel like he's out of there. Wow. He's going to get traded. 100% out yeah, of Seattle. Yeah, yeah. He'll get traded. Okay. He'll get traded. Um let's see. Maybe we're I doubt it, but <laughs> Could you imagine you really the want, You really want Russ. It's not that, bro. I want Soso. I want something. Soso. I want something, I'll bro. take Aaron Rodgers. I'll take something. Rodgers! Hey, you and everybody else, man. But you know what? It's time to get up out of here. We got a heat game to watch. We got the Panthers up 4-2. A lot uh, going on. Yeah, a lot going on, man. Phone's ringing. That's probably... That's the call, bro. We got to go. Hello? Yeah, we're wrapping up. <laughs> we're wrapping All it right. up. You guys know what to do, man. You guys got to start to follow us on social media, especially on Twitter, because we've had our tweets liked by... Mm, or viewed by five, three hundred people. So be one of those people who are checking our, our tweets on social media at Sports with Soso, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, everything, every social platform, and and more importantly, follow us on Twitter so that that way you can answer the new poll in regards to the last <laughs> poll that we put. So it's coming out. I want your feedback. It's coming out tomorrow after the episode, guys. And you know, like, the last thing you got to do is tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell another friend. To tell one more friend. About Pizza Mañana. And this dope-ass podcast who brought you Pizza Mañana, man. Cats are winning. Heat are winning. Canes are winning in basketball. Say hey, less. It's a whole lot of winning down here. Say less, so. Sports with so winning. Until next time. Peace. Peace.